Contagious. Gallons. This is oh so scary. <laughs> hey y'all. You're listening to Oh So Scary Podcast with Jess and Linz. I'm Linz. And I'm Jess. Welcome back. Welcome back. To episode 10. <laughs> oh, it's 10. <laughs> yes. Bueno. Linz, how's it going down there in Houston? Oh, we are just trucking along. We got the humidity going up. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening in Dallas? In Dallas, there's a huge tornado watch. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Because, (laughs) you know, as usual, it it has to be raining or doing something outside if we're doing any kind of recording. (laughs) Yeah, it's a cursed podcast. We're cursed by rain. Yeah, so we usually record on Monday, so this is the Monday before we'll put this episode out. This is uh, Monday, May the 3rd, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't. there was like low chances of rain um, forecasted for today, but then all of a sudden this morning, they're like, actually, <laughs> these storms could be pretty bad. Watch out for hail, and then in, in the afternoon there's all of a sudden a tornado watch and stuff so oh, no be careful it's just crazy up here <laughs> well speaking of crazy tornadoes and crazy stuff in the sky <laughs> i'm trying to transition to, uh, I, I did want to talk about the news of like ufo news current ufo news Ooh, tell me <laughs> so this it's like weird that we are getting um confirmation basically from the pentagon recently that they are um, establishing a new task force the unidentified aerial phenomena task force i believe is what it's called mm-hmm. and um that they are basically like validating that yes, UFOs exist and we don't know how to explain them. And we're looking into it, but we don't hardly hear. I mean, it's in the news, but it's like not that big a deal, I guess, because of all the other like <sighs> pandemic, you know, weird stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's because I really actually, I haven't heard much about it until you're telling me like, yeah, it is weird. Like you would assume that there's more of a fanfare for for this kind of thing and I mean I usually watch the news a lot so I'm surprised I hadn't seen it but I I think that even recently I haven't as much okay well so in San Diego off the coast um, some Navy personnel had recorded a video of a like a pyramid they call it shaped unidentified flying object in the sky and you can look it up there's videos it's very compelling (laughs) video and pictures it's really interesting and so navy personnel took it and the pentagon confirmed like yes this is from navy personnel and like they don't know what it is like whoa and there's been other this is not the only story like that too there's actually multiples from military personnel like it, it comes up actually a lot because they're off the coast a lot and they see a lot of ufos over the water like there's others that they've described one that looked like a box like a 
black box or something floating above the water like some people in the navy recorded and reported about it it's weird that's so weird like they would know like if it was one of their you know some of their stuff yeah they would know yeah oh no I, yeah they definitely know that i just i don't know how like up to date would they be like about like other countries like new oh, yeah. planes you know but like the box doesn't sound very aerodynamic like <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. you know <laughs> like why i weird? don't know but ooh, i saw some lightning behind you oh did you scary <laughs> <laughs> But do you, what do you think about UFOs? What's your opinion? Well, I've never seen one, but it doesn't mean that I, I don't believe that they're out there, you know? I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated by just this conversation about it, you know? It's strange that yeah. the military is in on the conversation. They're being very, yeah, like open about this now. And it's weird. And I don't, I don't know all the, the reasons why but i did see something about like um that what was it perhaps like um yes the the senator harry reed um that he is like really into that kind of stuff and he's been out to skinwalker ranch and like really believes in this stuff and that maybe he's like kind of spearheading this move to i don't know that maybe he was part of the reason why Mm -hmm. because he's like a super ufo like invitation for transparency about this i mean because it's mm-hmm. obviously something that's interested a lot of people in the past years you know so i'm exactly eager to find out what else comes about yeah me too i want to believe as yeah. I say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you do want to believe when <laughs> i do i want to believe <laughs> Uh, so uh yeah what do you want to talk about our theme of the week oh yes so we're gonna go back to spring because i mean there's just haunts upon haunts upon haunts there yes (laughs) Uh, i mean really it is it's it's a natural spring of darkness. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of, of ghosts, ghosts and haunts and all the spook. I do oh. want to stress though that go visiting spring for those of you thinking about it, or maybe for those that may want to start thinking about it. I don't know that we've emphasized enough. Like it's actually just a really fun town it's yeah. not spooky like i mean obviously we we look for the spooky in things but going there it's super family friendly it's mm-hmm. a nice like saturday afternoon hang you know it's, yeah. it's really being there is not spooky at all no, it's not scary <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's, really it's research just... and get to know the stories yeah 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 dig and look for this the spooky <laughs> uh, me and Lindsay have already you know we've been there a couple of times and there's just a couple spots that we wanted to share or a few spots that we wanted to share with you guys and um we are gonna share them via the research done in the book haunted old town spring by kathy nance we'll share her research and 
just kind of tell y'all about it. So the first place that I'm going to talk about is the train crossing. The address for this is 100 Main Street, Spring, Texas, 7373. And this is right across from the Wunchi Cafe that we talked about last week. Here is what Kathy says. I almost called her Nancy. <laughs> Yeah, this is what oh, Kathy yeah. says. It's her last name. Yeah, it's Nancy. Yeah, it's tricky. <laughs> it's very tricky. So the tracks of the Houston and Great Northern Railroad are responsible for bringing 1,200 people to live in Old Town Spring um, by 1910. It became a boomtown because of all the business in the wake of the railroad and its roundhouse and 14 track yards. In 1915, a category for hurricane made landfall on the Texas coast with sustained winds of 135 miles per hour. It had a devastating effect on spring, destroying the original train depot, which was located closer to the Wunchy Brothers Cafe. And dang, just have to comment that that's far off the coast. Like, yes. yeah, that's crazy. Yes, but I know that even one of the more recent hurricanes, like it devastated like up to like Katy, Texas, right? I remember. True. Like, I mean. Yeah, it really. They're just powerful. Very. In 1921, a steam engine derailed close to the crossing, bringing a crowd to the spectacle. (laughs) Dang. I'm laughing because I'm just thinking like. They're, I mean, I guess they're just assuming these are non, non-toxic stuff that's coming out oh, of it, I guess. Gosh, yeah. That seems- I don't know. I, I watch too much, like, you know, like the show, like, 911 or whatever, you know, like, where they <laughs> fictionalize all these things. These wow. horrible things happen. Uh, in October 19, 19, 1974, a gasoline truck with 8,000 gallons of gasoline crossed the tracks in front of an oncoming train on the Caroline Street crossing. It caused the deaths of both train engineers and the violent explosion that led the train to run through the town with the gasoline truck in front of it. Wow. I guess it just kept pushing the truck. It was stopped south of town and the fire was put out by the Spring Fire Department. On August 10th, 2015, not far from the crossing by the Wunchy Brothers, 13 cars derailed there, and there were no fatalities. On December 6th, 2007, a van was hit by a train after going around the crossing in an attempt to beat the train. It got stuck on the tracks and was pushed 200 feet from the tracks. There were three fatalities in the van. The victims were all in their mid-20s. The driver was the only survivor. Eek. That's so sad. I think, I don't know. I've I've been so scared of trains (laughs) when I was little, too. They are scary. We can't stop. Yeah, it's just, I mean, no, there's just too much momentum, too much weight. They can't. Mm -hmm. The haunting activity reported by many in the area of the crossing could be from Puffabelly's restaurant, which has a history with the old Love Lady Depot. However, the tracks themselves have their own history, including multiple deaths. 
One reported story is about a man who lives in Spring who reported to police that he saw eerie lights coming from the area of the tracks near Puffabellies. At first, he thought it was an oncoming train, so he stopped his car. He said there were there was no sound and no train, just slow moving lights. Oh wow! Um, he felt a rush of cold as his head. As a headless man in overalls approached him waving a lantern, he feared for his life and sped off <laughs> to get away. <laughs> okay, yeah. Others report yeah. that signal lights come on, but there is no train. Some can feel a rush of wind as if it is coming from the train passing, but there is nothing there. Sometimes you can see lights or what looks like sparks. You can see what looks like people walking, but they are not solid and they disappear. Ooh. Jana Beck, a resident of Spring told me, not me, but Kathy me. <laughs> 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 I hate going over the train tracks, especially at night because I've seen shadows, figures and orbs galore. Those tracks are crazy with activity. Not far from the spot was a spring rail railroad water tower, <laughs> which was used to fill a to fill steam engines. It was kept filled by the railroad from Spring Spring Creek using a gasoline pump through a four inch pipe that reportedly is still on the ground. A few photos are helpful in showing the general location of the water tower. Spring was used as the watering hole for cattle. They would unload the cattle from the trains, put them in pens, and let them be fed and watered before moving them to other towns and cities. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Fun memories have been made with that water tank. Some residents were said to climb up and go skinny dipping in it. Uh, uh. There are also stories of people fishing in the open tank. Trout and Ooh. catfish that were small enough could swim from Spring Creek up through the pipe into the tank. Hmm. Weird. The triangle of the tracks just north of Main Street was where the roundhouse was located, according to the maps and surveys of the area. The Geological Survey has a drawing of the roundhouse on the map. The Wiley Smith Survey has the word roundhouse in the same area, as does the Geological Survey. Gus Bayer opened a mill that produced packaging material in 1927 in this location after the roundhouse was moved to Houston. I'm not sure what the roundhouse is, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, too, actually. Roundhouse. Yeah. But apparently there's a lot. Texas Roundhouse? Roadhouse is what I was thinking. Roadhouse. Okay. <laughs> Texas Roundhouse. <laughs> Texas Roundhouse. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't, yeah. I guess just because there, I, you just hear so many stories of, like devastating with like trains with either them leaking like crazy chemicals or like the mm -hmm. derailments and like, I don't know, mm -hmm. you know, just the sheer size of them. They're intimidating. Yeah. They are very. We actually in Midland, in Midland, Texas, we have some sad history with trains. And I'm, I'm, 
I haven't looked at this for a while, so I might be misremembering some details, but there was a couple of different, I think, tragic train accidents. And I remember like there had been a parade and um, somebody, as they were crossing train tracks, like some parade, like vehicles, somebody got stuck. They got hit by a train. People were killed like on a, on a float. And then there seemed like there was something else where um, a couple of siblings got killed by the trains in Midland. And then there was an interesting story that I remember from, it was like a a brother and sister were, were killed. I think they got stuck on the track or something happened. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is a true story. Like their, their dog, their family dog escaped their house, like shortly after these kids died and um the family actually found the dog had gone to, all the way to the train tracks where they had been killed and Aww. had found yeah where they had died isn't that sad wait did he get died too did he, did he, did he, he get died oh. no, the dog was fine he, was he fine. just went <laughs> he, oh he my god children like, this story can't get worse <laughs> this is the worst so story <laughs> no, just kidding. it was sad it's sweet though oh. the dog Dogs are the sweetest. I oh, know they're so. He went and found where the kids were last. Oh no! Oh poor pup. Yeah, Yikes. interesting. Uh, history <laughs> by the the. <laughs> yeah, by the train. We drove over it a couple times and we snapped like a couple pictures. <laughs> But in my head, even though we were driving over, I felt like, were we just like running across, you know, like <laughs> zipping over pretty quickly. <laughs> but yeah, it's wide. I don't know that, like, if I had to cross it, like, I'd be a little, like, I'd probably just run across, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's long. Because it's, yeah, it's wide. pretty wide right there. And we, we did hear some trains while we were eating. So it's still pretty active. I feel like our tracks here in Dallas like have become less and less active you know oh sure yep so Lynn's what story are you gonna share with us oh yes I am going to share um from the same book we're taking all our stories today from that book um by uh Kathy Nance and this is about Spring State Bank I'll just jump right into it <laughs> So um, Spring State Bank located at 115 Midway in Spring. Okay, on May 19, 1910, Spring, Texas, with a population of approximately 1,200 people, <laughs> saw the Spring State Bank established with approximately $10,000 and 100 shares of stock. The bank was in a wooden structure on Main Street, the current location of Puffabellies. Uh, it burned down on December 6, 1917. The fire started in a barn and destroyed the bank, a residence in a rental house owned by Mr. Brady. The vault and its contents were saved intact from the old building and the bank was rebuilt in its current location. Uh, Brick was used for the reconstruction. It wasn't enough to keep out the robbers though. Uh, The bank operated at its current location until 1935 when it consolidated with the Guarantee Bond State Bank in Tomball. And um, Kathy Nance says she talked to the owner, David Mallett, and David said, quote, it was a doctor's office at one time, and at least two babies were born in here. It was also a barber shop at one time, and I got my first big boy haircut right over <laughs> here. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> 
There were several robberies in the history of the town, including one on May 24th, 1932, and another on January 26th, 1933. There were six shots fired inside the bank and six shots fired outside during one of the robberies. Another one of the robberies was said to have been committed by a couple of men with Clyde Barrow being positively identified by several people and cutting in if you don't know who it Clyde Barrow of Bonnie and Clyde so <laughs> just in case infamous <laughs> so after, infamous so after they fled the robbers met up with a few women one of whom resembled Bonnie Parker uh, whoever it was they got away with seven thousand three hundred and eighty dollars <laughs> it was never <laughs> it was never confirmed that they were in fact the famous Bonnie and Clyde many doubt the rumors that it really was them there are many tales throughout Texas of the famed duo robbing a place or sleeping somewhere, and that is mm-hmm. true. Barrow had been tied to the Houston area, which could include Old Town Spring. An article in the Houston Post reported that Barrow joined the Root Square gang in Houston's Fifth Ward, where he started a life of crime. At the time, merely a series of petty thefts. Eventually, his criminal activity escalated to robbing grocery stores and gas stations before he met Parker in uh, January 1930 and fell in love. Uh, um, They were so young. On April 21st, 1930, he became prisoner number 63527 (laughs) in Winston Prison Farm, uh, 13 miles east of Trinity. He was given a 14-year sentence. Uh, this was a this was a brutal place for anyone. The inmates did hard labor, and the guards were merciless. It was here that Barrow added murder to his list of crimes. Oh, Ed Crowder, also known as Big Ed, was six feet tall. That's so funny how he's like known as Big Ed, but he was um, not that big. He's six feet tall, <laughs> weighed two hundred pounds. It's like not. Oh, he's not that big. Kind of big, I guess. The story is that he had repeatedly taken advantage of Barrow. So Barrow stabbed him 15 times. Barrow had a fellow convict chop off two of his toes with an axe. Part of his plan to escape. He was... (laughs) What? He was then moved to the prison in Huntsville and was granted an early parole. Uh, When Barrow got out of prison in 1932, he hooked up again with Bonnie and the famous duo got back to the life of crime, along with the, uh, the other Barrow gang members, Marvin and Blanche Barrow, Raymond Hamilton, Ralph Fultz, William D. Jones, Joe Palmer, and Henry Methvin. On their notorious crime spree, they robbed grocery stores, filling stations, small banks. They killed at least nine police officers and at least four civilians before being ambushed and killed by law officers on a rural road in Beanville Parish, Louisiana. So the, <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. The parish- I'm laughing at Beanville. I'm sorry. Oh, Beanville. Yeah, it, I might be saying that wrong. It's not spelled like Beanville. <laughs> anyway. But it's just that when I think bean, I think toots. That's true. Yeah, I, did, I didn't even think about how that sounds. It's so funny. <laughs> So the parish coroner, Dr. J.L. Wade, gave a detailed autopsy report in 1934. It showed that Clyde Barrow had 17 separate entrance wounds. Wow. Bonnie Parker had 26. Oh, no. Wow. At the Texas Prison Museum in Huntsville is a nickel-plated Colt 45 that was on Parker's lap at the time the duo was ambushed. 
when you walk up to the old bank building today, you can see where bullets ricocheted or left holes in the facade during one of the attempted robberies. Mm-hmm. And you can't, me and Jessica took pictures of the holes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we confirmed that. <laughs> we confirmed, yes. <laughs> this is true. Confirmed. Mm-hmm. The holes were made by a trio of felons who were unsuccessful in getting any money from the bank. I was told by the owner of the property that the largest hole, which actually looks like a hole as opposed to a ricochet, was drilled by his dad when he was <laughs> trying to install an awning. Oh, debunked. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He was standing there helping his dad and watching him drill it. I have heard the attempt that attempts have been made to patch the holes, but the patches won't stay in place and fall out. Hmm. And then quote from the um, the owner. My mom bought it because my dad's store was next door and she wanted her own little thing. She was a florist Uh and had a bunch of stuff and she said she wanted her own shop. She bought this building in 1963 for $2,500. Wow. Wow. She's 85 years old today. I asked her, Mama, why did you buy this building? And she told me it was because she didn't want anybody else to have it. (laughs) (laughs) The hardware store is next door. She wanted to be kind of tied together. The owner himself had some odd things happen in the store. There have been noises upstairs, but no one knows what it is. He had a box of pushpins and lost the last one when it fell out of the case onto the carpet. He crawled around trying to find it so it wouldn't hurt a customer. He moved the rug and furniture and finally gave up looking for it and put everything back. When he came back in the morning, the pushpin was sticking smack dab in the middle of the chair. He... (laughs) no like somebody found it for him yes and he thought the ghost might have been protecting him that is so funny when i heard that i thought the ghost was like pulling one of those pranks where you put a pin in somebody's chair (laughs) (laughs) i mean they may have been he just happened to see yes he's like oh they're protecting me but no they were trying to they were trying to poke you in the booty (laughs) yeah <laughs> oh, I mean, that's sweet. oh, that's so funny. That's sweet. Um, photos taken in the old bank sometimes have strange anomalies, some of which look like apparitions. You can even stand across the street and get interesting photos of the building. The original vault is still inside the building today. It has a crawl space over the top of it ugh, with four feet of sand. The owner thinks there must have been over three thousand pounds of sand up there. Um, you can take a look at it during business hours, depending on who is leasing the building. At this time, the owner of the building is also operating the shop. Uh, the shop has at times allowed people to walk into the vault. Today, there's a rope blocking the area in order to protect the space. Uh, you can still see the vault. So we, we, we've seen the vault, I think. Yeah, we didn't see it. That's what, yeah. We didn't go inside, but I think we saw the doors oh, to it, didn't we? We saw the doors, right. Yep. Yeah. I do remember when we were there before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Psychics yeah. who have gone into the vault uh, feel the energy of a man. They say that the energy is awesome in there. <laughs> they believe, sorry, awesome. They believe this man who is seen with a big nose tried to stop the robberies. For whatever reason, over the years, it's been noted that whoever leases the bank doesn't stay for long. Perhaps they've been scared away by something unseen. Some believe that the man who is said to haunt the location is looking for his money and bothers the storekeepers. 
maybe the man is being protective of the place or maybe he is trying to mess people up (laughs) (laughs) what if he's protecting hidden money in the building yeah that's true i think that's good i think so too anomalous photos have been taken they show what appears to be a man with a big nose (laughs) in in november 2005 one team caught a mist while it was forming during an investigation on another investigation they capture what they think is an apparition of a man wearing a 1930s hat you can see an outline of shoulders and what looks like a tall collar and a suit jacket in october 2013 and again 2015 Haunted Houston tours uploaded several videos online with audible voices captured during ghost box sessions outside the building. Cool. Um, The bank building is today named Mallet's Hardware and Variety Stores. It has home decor, furniture, rocks, crystals, mineral specimens. It's a a great store. Mm -hmm. And you can also buy sage and sweet grass to cleanse your home. Uh, Mm -hmm. These plants have been long revered for their use in ceremonial purifying, cleansing, and warding off evil spirits. And scene. do you think they work? <laughs> do you think they work? Yeah. No, I, don't. Uh, I guess that the big nose person isn't evil. Yeah, that's true. He stays there, the big nose person. <laughs> so funny. They're like, he's got a big nose. It's like after the third time they mentioned that the nose was big. We got it. Yeah, we get okay. That's his <laughs> big Ed, who's two hundred pounds, six feet tall, <laughs> big nose man. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So, um, I, you know what? Like, I want to do more research on Bonnie and Clyde. My interest is like super peaked about them. Like, I know there's a lot of um sites here in Dallas that are connected to them I think maybe a house that they lived in um Bonnie is buried here in Dallas too and I know there's another historical marker not far from my mom's house too so I'm just curious I don't know I'm just you know just curious to learn more about her yeah yeah that'd be awesome it's a very interesting story. So now we're going to make our way over to the ever elusive doll hospital. I say that because <laughs> me and Lindsay have not been able to get inside of there. Oh, true. Yeah. This last time we went and they had just closed maybe a few minutes, you know, like 20, 30 minutes before we got there. Yeah. And then the last, the other time, I can't remember. I mean, they were, they weren't open, but I can't remember how far off (laughs) we were from making the open time but I'm really curious to see the inside of this doll hospital it sits at 419 Gentry Street um, suite 102 in of course spring Texas 77373 from again from the book that Kathy Nance wrote the haunted old town spring the building housing the old it's not the old the dollhouse the old doll you just said that word's not even in the in the book you uh, the building housing the doll hospital is not original to old town spring mary ann 
Pizzolato, I'm, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, the owner of the doll hospital, tells me that nothing out of the ordinary has happened to her while she has been there. She does restoration and repair for old doll, dolls. <laughs> I'm saying it because I'm like, you liar. And I, was I know exactly. <laughs> I'm sure life is weird. All you kinds do. of things. Yeah, exactly. You repair old dolls. You have to have some weird yeah some weird stuff for sure (laughs) she believes that no doll is too old or too new to have work done (laughs) (laughs) i shouldn't laugh i'm sorry (laughs) because i'm thinking like plastic surgery (laughs) i know it's what it sounds like according to an article on the doll hospital's website taken from dallas morning news Thousands of cracked, unstrung, and disrobed dolls have sipped from the fountain of youth. The oldest ones date date from the mid-1700s, which is pretty old, when they were shaped by hand from sticky wax. Wow. There are 1950s Bobby Socks figures and Depression-era Shirley Temple dolls. Hmm. How cool. Yeah. All of these beautiful dolls, many with long histories, are just waiting for a new home. But some people are afraid of dolls. Dun, dun, dun. My sister. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Parapsychologist Peter James Haviland. I don't know how to say that. Ack? Is it? Is it like? (laughs) What does his name look like? A-C-C-H? Ack? It's like you're hawking something up, right? Of Lone Star Spirits talked to me about something in his field called place memory in which our psychic selves pick up on an event that is attached to an object this could be all the love and happiness someone had while carrying a doll around now a residual place memory someone can pick up an item like an old doll and feel happy Many times, though, place memory is associated with a traumatic event. A person who fears dolls may want to avoid the doll hospital. All these dolls in one place. Most of the memories associated with dolls are good, but perhaps some bad memories exist as well. I've had a few people tell me that they investigated around the building and became scared and ran off. Old Town Spring has many such stories, but there are none about this particular store or any of its dolls. Perhaps it was pediophobia. Paranormal investigator Tyler Brown has this fear of dolls. In 2014, his his organization, Kings Wood, no, it's not Kings just one king kingwood paranormal group kpg uploaded a video to youtube of an investigation they did they were running a ghost box session outside of the doll hospital specifically because one of their members was deathly afraid of dolls a ghost box also known as frank's box is a useful tool in the investigation of the paranormal the device is used to communicate with the spirit world Ghost boxes are modified radios that constantly scan the airwaves, sweeping and bypassing channels instead of stopping on a specific station. 
It plays each one for a fraction of a second. My favorite time to listen is when there's more static, which is called white noise. Rather than slowly scanning the radio, when you really can discern the radio stations. The idea is that the spirits can come through on whatever unknown frequency there is by which to communicate. We record these sessions with an audio recorder for later review. Sometimes voices can be heard. The voices can respond to questions we ask. Over the years, we have had some interesting results with these sessions. On the night of KPG's investigation, the members got multiple responses on the ghost box. The results can be heard by searching the internet for Old Town Spring Doll Hospital or Kingwood Paranormal Group. After turning on the ghost box, ghost box, <laughs> they asked the spirits, can you tell me how old you are? They received responses of five, eight, and eight again. Mm. Then they next asked, do you like dolls? And got the response. And it says gay comma yes. They asked a couple more questions and then heard don't when they asked if they could move one of the dolls. Tyler then asked if there were any evil dolls in the building. The response sounded like, you betcha. <laughs> it was asked again if they could move one of the dolls. Yes, was the response. And later, what sounded like Tyler. Toward the end of the video, Tyler tells the spirits that he is going to shut the this, this session down. What sounds like, hold on, is unheard. These responses seem to be from something intelligent. Hmm. Intelligent responses seem to point to a possible haunting. There are stories from around the world of hauntings associated with items such as dolls, perhaps from voodoo rituals, one of the most famous instances is that of Robert the Doll, which was donated to the Key West Art and Historical Society. He um, is in a case in Four East Martello Museum and Gardens. This creepy looking doll, four feet tall, is made from rags and stuff with straw. It even has hair stitched on its head. It was given as a present in 1906 to a boy named Robert Eugene Otto by his formal, former caretaker several days after they fired her. Uh-oh. Mm -mm. Soon after he received the present, Robert stopped using his first name. He told his parents that the doll wanted to be called Robert. The doll inspired the movie Child's Play <laughs> and its character Chucky. Yeah. It was reported by numerous sources that Robert the doll would move from one window to the next, talk, change facial expressions, and move. Items were reported to be moved or broken. It was eventually put away in the attic by the boy's parents. Eugene Otto grew up, became a famous artist in Key West, and eventually got married. His parents passed away. And the doll finally came out of the attic to spend its days with Eugene until 1971. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, as an adult. Yeah, it is. It was <laughs> locked in a trunk and later found by new 
residents of the house. It terrified the couple's 10-year-old daughter and then was donated to the Key West Art and Historical Society. Today, people come to see the famous doll, which now I want to go see, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and are warned about taking pictures unless Roberts gives his permission by tilting his head or by following a strict protocol. <laughs> First, you must introduce yourself. Second, take the photograph. Finally, thank Robert, Robert when you're done. <laughs> or else bad things will happen. People from all over the world have written to Robert, including a letter from America's 43rd President, George W. Bush. (laughs) Why? Most of the letters involve people begging the doll for forgiveness for taking pictures. That means that something's gone bad, right? Oh, yes. That's Uh, funny. Museum employees tell of finding the doll in various locations around the museum. One worker says that the doll attacked him one evening during a thunderstorm. The man who was then in his 70s said he never returned to the museum. He told one of the paranormal investigation groups that he was sitting at his desk one night when he saw the doll run across the room and hop up on the end of the desk where he was sitting. According to the man, the doll was very much alive, giggling a weird laugh and telling him that he would die that night. Oh my goodness. This is a unique place to visit and spend time at all the, oh, spend time looking at all the dolls, some of which are older and historical. Imagine owning a doll from the the 1700s. All of the dolls need places to live and need your consideration in taking one home. Oh, <laughs> so that's the chapter on the doll hospital. Ooh, interesting. I don't know that I'm scared of dolls, but I think there's plenty of like scary doll stories mm. that it makes them a little creepy, yeah. you know? And then just like having that many eyes on, on you. Yeah, having that many eyes. Yeah. I think that is like the, you know, you've heard of this psychological effect maybe called the, the uncanny valley. Is that what they call it? I'm looking that up. But basically like a term used to describe relationship between human-like appearance of, it says a robotic object and like how it, it, it evokes kind of an emotional response, but that's how dolls feel to me. They're kind of uncanny, like where they look humanish, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And then you feel like human feelings towards them, but you don't. It, yeah. So it's like a weird, like psychological space where you're like, Ooh, like, <laughs> yeah, Ugh, I, I don't, don't like know. That I'm not a big doll. So you didn't play with dolls growing up much. I didn't. It's funny. My mom always kind of didn't. My mom loved dolls when she was growing up. And so she was kind of disappointed that I was never into dolls. And I like stuffed animals just fine. Mm-hmm. But I never liked dolls. Yeah. No baby dolls. Growing up, one of my really good friends had this baby doll that is meant to like almost weigh as much as like a real baby. And it was so cute. And like we would play baby dolls and stuff. <laughs> And those dolls never, like, I, those wouldn't creep me out. It's just, 
I don't know. To me, I think it's the sheer amount of dolls in there. <laughs> the sheer all the eyes. <laughs> and you do have to Google Robert the doll because he is like weird looking. He's not what he doesn't look like Chucky. He, he's weird. Oh, really? Does he look like okay? So I thought in some kind of way, Robert the doll and what's the girl doll that's really famous oh, that's Annabelle. like in the movies Annabelle I thought maybe they looked similar but no Robert's very different you just have to see his face it's like it, he's just like unlike a doll you've ever seen it's weird he's wearing a sailor outfit and he's a dog and he's just weird looking out. <laughs> okay oh, yeah. yeah I see what you mean yeah he's just strange it's hard to even describe his looks got holes in his face and yeah and i guess it's because of the age and maybe when he was made like the materials that were used yeah yep it's very old Lindsay. if we go are you gonna take a picture (laughs) oh oh yeah and then have to write a letter later like (gasps) take your picture (laughs) robert yes are you ready for our last story from Old Town Spring. I'm ready. Oh no. So we have one more um, that takes place at Envy Wine Room. Uh, it's located at 317 Gentry, Gentry Street, Suite D3 in Spring. So um, located in the front part of the building, Envy Wine Room has unique wine tasting opportunities. The boutique and gift shop treats its customers to the ultimate sip and shop experience. It offers wine and beers from around the world by the glass or by the bottle in a cozy lounge. Uh, A Christian woman used to occupy the building that today houses Envy. She started a prayer group that met in her building because she told somebody there was too much ghostly activity going on in her building. <laughs> she would play Christian music all day and even overnight after closing because she believed there was uh, some type of portal that was open, allowing things to cross over. There uh-huh. was too much negativity, and she eventually moved away. At the end of uh, Envy Wine Room's building is a shop that used to be the Chakra Shop in Tarot before it moved to 100 Main Street in 2016. It's now being used, that space is now being used as an event area for Envy Wine Room. When Dee Adams and Rachel Stevenson from Chakra Shop and Tarot moved into the building, they started getting unusual help from a female spirit that would bring Dee customers. Dee and Rachel were originally going to rent a different unit in the big two-story building. The unit sat to the left next to the restroom in Gentry Square. They had contractors come out to try to get it ready so the shop could get set up. One night, very late, they didn't have electricity turned on, but enough ambient light was cutting through uh, the door for Dee and Rachel to show the contractor what they wanted him to do. All three of them got really scared because something was picked up and thrown across the room, making a loud noise. The contractor got out of there fast. (laughs) I think that's the story. At the Crawfish Festival about two years ago, a lady came up to Dee and Rachel and asked if they owned any shops here and if they knew anything about the main building on Gentry. Dee told them that before it moved uh, to Old Town Spring, it had been a boy's home. The woman wanted to go inside and see what it was like now. 
This made sense to Dee because a lot of the activity in that building was related to what children do, like the sound of ball playing, door handles jiggling, when you're in the restroom, <laughs> but nobody <laughs> else is around. So Dee and Rachel were having so much difficulty trying to open the store when Dee noticed the corner unit lit up really brightly, even glowing. She decided that was the place to go. It was as if there was, uh, that was where the store was supposed to be. The light was her sign to do it. The next day, Dean Rachel called and asked to change the new unit and were able to do everything very easily. They never had any problems getting the shop, uh, the shop set up and running. Uh, as she started going into the shop every day, Dee came into contact with a female spirit. She described it as being around 35 years old. Um, Kathy Nance said she's always seen her as a woman dressed in white with her hair up in a bun, as may have been done in the period when Old Town Spring was booming. Mm -hmm. uh, she's wearing a period dress. She always felt calm and peaceful whenever she felt this woman's uh, spirit there. Dee would go into the shop to spiritually cleanse the store and get ready for the day. She would joke around and ask the lady spirit to help her out and go out and bring these people who might uh, who need my help. Um, Rachel would laugh and say, do you really think she's going to bring them in? People started telling Dee that they would be in Wunchi eating and would follow a trail of pennies to the store. <laughs> That's so cute. They would tell Dee that they needed to come uh, to come that way and then would see the sign they didn't know why but they had to go into the store many times these new clients were struggling and just needed positive energy or they had a gift d believed this is a helpful spirit uh for her shop looking out for her mm -hmm. that's neat uh three years later d and rachel opened a second shop in historic lewisburg pennsylvania a gifted woman came in one day asking for a reading and they became friends the new friend told Dee, I've got to tell you something. There's a woman that surrounds you all the time. Oh, wow. He described her exactly the way I see her. Um, then she told me she wants you to know that she's with you and she's around you. Um, the day before I got this call, we had just moved into the new location in Old Town Spring and I was feeling bad, and even perhaps guilty that I was leaving my helpful ghost behind that I had become accustomed to having around. Oh, I don't know. It's kind of sweet. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, so this call um, made Dee feel much better. The next day, the friend called again and told her, I had a dream about the lady and she is me in a past life. It made sense for her because for some reason, many of the people coming into the shop in Old Town Spring would talk about being from Lewisburg or having some connection to the town of Lewisburg in Pennsylvania. Interesting. Huh. <clears throat> After Dee and Rachel moved into the new building, they were waiting for one of the utilities to be turned on one day. They were in the middle of construction and it was hot in the building. Dee decided to go visit the uh, Spring Historical Museum across the street and walk around in some cool air. She found the photograph of the woman who had been following her around. Really? In the museum? I guess so. I want I wish they had included a photograph or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, another thing happened while Dee was in her store. One day her niece was visiting from Toronto. She also has spiritual gifts, including being a sensitive and medium. They were sitting on the porch when her niece started staring at a spot in the courtyard uh d asked what are you looking at and she told her i'm looking at that little boy he's lost and he's looking for his mama she said he's about 10 years old 
and he's standing by that light pole in between Ellen's and the main building right over there. He lost mm-hmm. his mom. He's waiting for his mom to come back. He hangs around over there because he's too far, um, because he's not too far from there um, where he lost her. And I don't think he's gone. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's that. And I think, yeah, the, the history of a boy's home is interesting. And I'd heard mm-hmm. other stories about that. Um, that I guess that's where a home where like boys, with, I guess you say orphan, you know, mm-hmm. children or, or, you know, whose parents had to let them go or whatever. They mm-hmm. lived there for some time. And Yeah. And I did want to add to, I, I guess at the time that she wrote the book, the NV Wine Room was at a different location than it is now even. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. Because we took a picture of the NV Wine Room, and it's actually closer to the Wunchi, and it's not in the, the two-story structure anymore. Exactly. But now I'm curious if it's still the same owner, and then they just moved it down. I feel like mm-hmm. that other space is bigger. Yeah, and I think they still they still have the chakra stuff too, because like, we yeah. took pictures of the other um, building. Yeah, so that is still there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's interesting that the ghost, like she feels like the ghost is attached to her. I know, isn't that? Yeah. And like looking out for her, sending her customers. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It's funny because I want to like blame you know the wine drinking <laughs> to like the ghost spotting but it i mean the way they're making it sound like it's not like everyone <laughs> but it's maybe more specific to like the owner and or like people who yeah. um what do you call that like more clairvoyant i guess or yeah yeah right people who have like a gift like they said and mm-hmm. spirits I did hear a story on the other podcast, um, the, oh gosh, now the history goes bump. Is that the one that um, they said uh, somebody had been in that NV wine room and had seen one of the bottles, the wine bottles, like shoot out of the, (laughs) like it was on a rack and it just like shot out and like landed on the floor and what? And of course, like a broken wine bottle is creepy looking because it just looks like blood, you know? That's like, true. Just, yeah, that's true. Uh, it's just spooky itself. Yeah, it's weird. Goodness. Oh, spring. Fountain of spooky stories. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you for all your your story your scary stories spring and there's still so many more there is there's so many more yeah maybe maybe a possible serial killer i'm gonna do a little bit of research on that but kathy nance's book has been pretty enjoyable yeah it's great i'm glad that we found it yay well thank you guys for listening Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, um, review and share it with your friends, but also check out our Facebook page and give us some likes there. Woohoo. Uh, join us again next time, next week. Next week. In the meantime, um, do something fun with a friend. And don't 
forget <laughs> to take the opportunity <laughs> to do something kind. <laughs> Don't oh, take the opportunity. Don't. <laughs> Don't do something kind. <laughs> and always take the opportunity to do something kind. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.